0: Z movies. My name's Colin. On the C with me is Zijan, Who is the Z? How is Zijan.
1: Hello. Um, in case you don't know, Colin, I'm recording from my new place now. I've moved.
0: Ah, oh, congratulations! How is the new yeah. place?
1: Thank you. Uh, it's close to Wembley.
0: Nice. Nice. You'll be uh, you'll be going down to watch the footy there, will you?
1: No. But
0: the, but there yeah. other
1: things that happen in Wembley, right?
0: Um, maybe there's the there's the no that's. No, that's not there. No, I don't know. That's it. Just football. No, I'm, concerts I'm, happen there. Concerts? Pre- I, I saw the Eagles, actually, at Wembley.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So.
0: Um, I have also seen uh, a lot of football there. That's the only things I've seen at Wembley. It's football and the Eagles.
1: Well, we'll see. I just got bitten by some bug, so I may not make it past tomorrow.
0: Yeah, if, if you die um, before this goes to air... Uh-huh. Consider this your memorial podcast.
1: I'm doing the editing for this. You don't. You won't even get my my that's, side of this.
0: That's true. Yes. No. If you could, could you edit it before you die? Know? That would be useful. cobble <laughs> it together and then uh, go up. And I'll have to find someone else whose name begins with Z to to carry on your good work. Yeah. Good luck with that. Thanks, man. Yeah, they, I if, what, what do you think Zinedine Zidane's doing with himself? Uh,
1: probably. Um... I
0: mean, he's probably busy having just one La Liga with Real Madrid
1: probably enjoying the money he has anyway i'm sure he's
0: enjoying money but money all the money is in podcasting these days that's, is it is it that's, really that's why i got into it
1: that's why we you know we are keeping our main jobs right
0: <laughs> yeah just for, <laughs> just for now
1: we say that for four years now colin
0: yeah any second now this is going to turn profitable <laughs> um today's and listeners we are talking about remakes which i keep having a nagging feeling we've done before but that, that seems in a it seems appropriate to do it again um, what they're being about remix. Uh, I don't. Th- I checked the spreadsheet; it's not there. Um, we we're also looking at one flu of cookies nest. We got a quiz on Star Trek and much, 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 much more. more. We start though, as we always do, with the latest movie news. Zijan what have you got for us? So, there's, are, do you have um, a web of movie contacts in Wembley, just ready to tell you the, the latest on the Wembley movie scene? Is
1: that a Wembley movie scene? What no, is it? There? There's, a Wembley there's movie no scene. Wembley movie scene. <laughs> <more>. <laughs> well there is a netflix movie scene and yes the, there's a film coming out called the gray man which will co-star ryan gosling and chris evans hmm. and this will be directed by the russo brothers as well
0: this is going to be the biggest thing uh, the biggest thing of the year
1: probably I, is it going to come out this year
0: uh i guess next year i don't know
1: yeah so it's an adaptation of a spy novel apparently so i've not heard of the gray man before um you can um Tell me otherwise, uh, what about it? But uh, Ryan Gosling plays the anti hero protagonist who is a former CIA operative who, after being burned by his organization, becomes a hired gun. And Chris Evans will play an old colleague who is assigned to hunt him down.
0: Yeah, this is, um, I, I don't know the, the, the book either, I think it's a series of books, so they were talking about maybe this being a franchise um, possibility. In fact, a a rather overexcited website I saw suggested that it might might rival the James Bond franchise, Um, which uh, I think is maybe early days when you haven't started even filming the first film yet. (laughs) Yeah,
1: extremely, extremely early. Two hundred
0: million dollar plus budget, which is uh, which is by some distance a a Netflix record, I think. But it's got all the right ingredients. These are big, big directors, big actors. That's Uh, true. I'll I'll uh, certainly, certainly watch it. Um, and it feels like it's one of the things that might get people into Netflix
1: so. oh yeah definitely I'll, I'll be interested in watching this mm. um, I'll be contributing to this um, 20 million dollar budget 200 million 200 million <laughs> I missed a zero
0: yeah 20 million doesn't doesn't even buy you Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans I Yeah, mean, <laughs>
1: no definitely not um, yeah I mean extend my two two person Netflix to four people
0: whoa well then they've got all the uh, all the extra special effects they need um <laughs> John Hamm uh, wants to play, um, perhaps indeed is playing uh, Fletch in a remake of Fletch. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, nope. with Fletch. Uh, Chevy Chase's kind of signature role. So Chevy Chase was a comedian in Saturday Night Live and You All Community. Know from Community, um, but ended did the National Lampoon stuff. But he's one of his big roles was was playing Fletch, his kind of wise cracking detective. Um, if Chevy Chase comes across as an Certainly in, in, in his heyday as being very smug and this is kind of the smuggest of the smug but I think <laughs> well maybe smug or cool depending on whether you like it I suppose um, so he, he certainly viewed himself as being very cool and I think I, I always got the feeling it was bigger in America than here because I've I've seen Fletch and it didn't leave much of an impression if I'm honest but you co- it's maybe the third time in recent years that someone's wanted to remake Fletch I think Zach Braff has lined up for it at some point so clearly there's a lot of affection for Fletch um and John Hamm is the latest to, uh, to give it a whirl.
1: There is um, an Atomic Blonde sequel in the works on Netflix oh yeah. again, yeah. Um, on the Netflix. Original, okay. Yeah, on Netflix. Netflix has everything. Um, I mean, Charlize Theron yep. uh, was in the original um, the film. I'm pretty sure she's producing this as well on Netflix. That's why um, oh, okay. she's getting a sequel. Um, given that she uh, starred in The Old Guide, which just recently came out on Netflix, which we will talk about later. Uh, so oh, I'll I'll
0: I'll I'll oh, Sizzle.
1: I know. Um, yeah, The Atomic Blonde, um, the first film, I've not seen it. I don't know whether you have or not. Nope. Uh, Colin. Uh, the first one on set um, came out in 2017, so um, three years back, and it was a late Cold War spy thriller. Um, it was well received, if I remembered it correctly, but it just mm. wasn't popular. There's was James McAvoy um, in it. I can't remember.
0: No, but no, it, it didn't tempt me. I, must, I saw the trailers and I thought, I oh. I'm not very excited about that. It, it seems to be sold a bit as a kind of a isn't it great that women are doing this now kind of movie. Which is like well I wouldn't have watched it if the man was doing it. I have no intention of watching it when Charlize Theron does it. Um, She's uh,
1: doing a lot of action stuff now Charlize Theron. Yeah. yeah um, ever
0: since Mad Max I suppose.
1: Ever since Mad Max so Atomic Blonde and obviously the old guy. Um.
0: Um, there are rumours of a Dirty Dancing sequel. Um, it seems to be based on the fact that Jennifer Grey I think Grey of of Dirty Dancing, famous doing a movie about dancing, um, and rumours are that it's a Dirty Dancing sequel. Apparently, there was a Dirty Dancing sequel uh, in the past. I had no idea, um, which I don't know if it had any of the original cast and didn't to do much. I think uh, Patrick Swayze, of course, is no longer with it, um, so it'd be interesting to see what they do with that. But uh, if if there is, I'm sure it'll bring in lots of people nostalgic for the '80s. Have you
1: seen Dirty Dancing? I've not seen Dirty Dancing. No, he puts baby in the corner. No, puts
0: baby in the corner. I watched it uh, a few years ago. Um, there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more dancing in their underwear than I had anticipated. It seems to be The, <laughs> uh, the main form of dancing. Um, also, her mum is played by um, Mrs. Gilmore from the Gilmore Girls. Ah, um, that was ah. that was fun.
1: Cool. Um, Jude Law is being eyed to play Captain Hook in the Peter Pan live action film.
0: Oh. <sighs> Stop making Peter Pan films.
1: What other Peter Pan films are they making?
0: Uh, well, they made that... What was it just called Pan? The one with Hugh Jackman a few years ago.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. I completely and blocked that out of my mind. That was really I, bad.
0: And I feel there was another one not that long ago, but maybe. Um,
1: yeah, but they already have casted um, Peter and um, Wendy. Are they? Yeah. Unknowns, so, I guess? Or? Uh, yeah, so Peter's played by Alexander Moloney. Um, okay. Unknown, the reluctant. He was in the Reluctant Landlord. I'm not too sure. No, nope, what that, what film that is, and uh, Young Wendy is played by Edward Anderson, who apparently is going to play the child version of Black Widow in the upcoming film. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So so there's a blast from that. <laughs> yeah. So that's but, it.
0: But because the, the Disney Peter Pan was my was pretty much the only, although one of the very few um, Disney uh, cartoons that I watched growing up. I was a big fan of that um, in my youth. But I'm not sure that's enough to, to get me into this. It feels like Peter Pan has been done to death.
1: It has been done so many versions. times.
0: It's like Robin Hood—they just to give it a whirl every few years.
1: <laughs> We're gonna go through this when we do our remix, right?
0: Ooh, well, well, I'm i I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about remakes in a few a few minutes. But uh, I've got some interesting idea, questions, I guess, about ah. what, what exactly constitutes a remake. So okay, fair enough. That's something to look forward to. Um, the there may be a Tron another Tron sequel. Um, I thought you hated Tron. I don't like Tron. Um, <laughs> but I'm I report the news without fear or favours and I if it's movie news, it's on the C D Z movie. That's that's our, our well known tagline. Except line. if it's
1: about horror films, though. Except
0: it's about horror films. Um but there was Tron, there was Tron Legacy, Needs of them any good, um, in my view. Um Olivia Wilde was very I remember when they said that the third Tron wasn't happening. She was like, "Thank goodness that means I don't have to go on a lettuce diet for the next six months or something." Because she was in the second Tron um, in very tight clothing. Uh, but hey, there might be getting another one because if you're first and second you don't succeed, just keep Try making ahead. Tron <laughs> uh,
1: sequels. Uh, i I'll be surprised if Olivia was doing it because she's moving to directing now anyway. So
0: yeah, I saw she was saying, "Oh, yeah, I'm probably doing acting, not directing." And then um, I saw a tweet saying. Uh, Uh, As soon as Clint Clint Eastwood offered me a job, I was there because she was in uh, a film called... What was I called? Um, I saw it very recently. The one about the um, the security guard who finds a bomb. Paul Jewell. Not Paul Jewell. Richard Jewell. Paul Jewell is a former Wigan athletic manager. Richard Jewell. Um, She was in that. and In a weird role, actually. There you go. Um, But they they did a bit of um, de-aging in the second which um, the world really wasn't quite ready for but now that de-aging has got a lot better maybe they can do it a bit better mm.
1: um, what's next uh, Ryan Gosling's Wolfman um, will get the director from the Invisible Man oh yeah so Lee Wano uh, I'm, I'm not well apart from Invisible Man that um, everyone has raved about but mm. I have not seen and you have not seen No, nope, no. Nope. but yeah um, I mean if, if it's uh, if it's good, it's definitely better than any of the other things in the Dark Universe. Anyway, so,
0: <laughs> There's only one other film in the Dark Universe. <laughs> this is, you're just having a go at the mummy. Am I having a go at the mummy? You're, come on, man. You're having we, a go at the mummy. This you'll is... go through that in the remake <laughs> as
1: well,
0: anyway. Yeah, I, 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 I thought this might be an opportunity for you to vent your, vent your spleen once more. Okay. Um. Yeah. Is, I mean, it makes sense. Give it to the guys. Made a good one. Why not? Yeah, exactly right. Uh just one moment for me and it's it's kind of film tangential just um uh the Batman starring Robert Pattinson coming up uh next year isn't it um is getting a spin off t v series that um based on the the Gotham police department uh, in the time running uh, before Batman is around now that might sound familiar to you season um because The TV series Gotham is based around the Gotham Police Department before Batman was around. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And I watched it all uh, last year, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know why they think they have to do it again (laughs) so soon, but uh, good for them. Why not? There's a lot of confidence in this upcoming film that they're already planning a spin-off TV series for it. Maybe misplaced confidence, who knows? uh, Yeah,
1: well. Well, there's a lot of uh, TV series from DC anyway. Like I mean, Batwoman's got getting recast. Um,
0: yeah, the... although um, no, this is maybe the, I'm, I'm trying to think. I think it's probably the first time they've had a TV series that's directly in the same universe as one of the films, isn't it? Because they, they yeah, that's they did true. the whole multiverse thing. Yeah, um,
1: the Star Girl as well. Have you seen it?
0: No, nope. nope. no. I think I saw her appear in one of things. No, I've stopped watching the CW uh, things. I just watched the uh, the annual crossovers uh, and, I, and basically enjoy the action don't understand any of the subplots <laughs> and, uh, but no, I, I stuck with flash and supergirl for a while but no i've, I've not watched, I've watched those for a long time cool
1: okay so um last few last bit of news uh black adam has casted Noah centennial with um atom smasher who is that <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so atom smasher is someone who can control his size and density and is super strong he is the godson of the founding Justice Society the, member. The,
0: the, godson? the godson?
1: Yeah.
0: All oh, right. So well, they had some sort of christening ceremony and they got a godfather along. That's yeah, pretty, why not? Why, why not indeed? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it.
1: Yeah. And he's probably best known in teen comedy to all the boys I've loved before. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he's just there to get all the teenage girls to watch this film. Um, but so
0: yeah. Okay. Cool. Is he, is he Asian?
1: Uh no no just not, no, it's not. Uh, but yeah so he's going to be Black Adam and my last bit of news um which is a little bit bit sad is that there's uncertainty on whether Tenant will keep its scheduled August 12th release date. This
0: this movie has now been pushed back more often than New Mutants I think.
1: Yeah I
0: think probably a, has. Uh New uh what, did, any idea when it's gonna happen?
1: No idea no idea because it was due to the rise in infection in the U S right so it's not like the us is getting this under control anytime soon
0: pity your poor podcasters uh oh listener um who had a nice year's worth of uh, movie release dates scheduled into the uh, into the timetable exactly. and never had to come up with a whole half well half a year's worth of uh, topics instead no one thinks of the podcasters Zijang.
1: no one does never, uh, no one ever does <laughs> no
0: i did see the um the new mutants most recent uh teaser trailer well they just quite as a teaser trailer but it must be a, something else but anyway mm-hmm. where it says um nothing can stop the new mutants which i thought was quite tongue in cheek i quite like that <laughs> I,
1: I, I quite enjoyed the trailer though i quite enjoyed i'm
0: the i'm trailer. warming to the new mutants to be honest um, <laughs> i'm uh, i mean maybe i think a large part of its because i thought anya Taylor joy was so good in Emma earlier in the year that i am now interested in her, any projects she has coming up but uh also you know it's a little film that that, that tried a little film that could well, i think it deserves our support
1: well let, let's reserve our judgment too after watching it
0: i will never reserve my judgment <laughs> i'm judging everything before i see it um <laughs> it saves a lot of money uh we move on then to our next segment to see or not to Z, where we talk about films we've seen and tell you the listener you should see them or not zed them and Zijan mm. has been watching charlie's Run on netflix i think
1: I have I've watched The Old Guard, which came out last week, I believe. So um, yeah, it's quite it's quite hard to see any new films nowadays given the current circumstances. So it's good to see yeah some some new films on Netflix really. So good for Netflix so that you deserve my two man subscription. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Charlize Theron is in The Old Guard. Which is uh, based on a comic book of the same name, which is uh, about a group of immortals, basically a group of people who cannot die, and they um they do mercenary things really most of the time. Um, you'll find out later on that they you know have partake in some important events in the past history, but it doesn't really make um, too much of a difference. Um, the story begins when they discovered there's um someone new, uh who is also immortal, and mm-hmm. they set out to find her. Um, so, basically, this group is only, like, five people in total, so it's not a big one. Um, um and then, they, yeah, they found a, a new person, and it's basically, she's bringing in, like, the new blood kind of thing, and, um, yeah, um, the bits which I like about this film, so it's quite an action-heavy film, mm. really, um, is the parts when uh, they did most of the talking, um, and less of the action bit Because They all suffer from Some kind of ex- Existential crisis Really Okay Because like A lot of them um, Found they're immortal While they're You know In the middle ages So they Have to see their Children die hmm. After them You know Things oh, okay. like that Yeah They don't They don't Generally have very Good lives And some of them Have lived for Way too long They become very jaded With humanity Like Charlize Theron's character. I know the feeling yeah. Yeah, yeah They're like after all these years, like humanity is still the same. They're still making the same mistakes. Why? Why? Why is mm-hmm. this happening? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. So these parts are great. I like that they explore these bits of it. I'm not a big fan of a couple of things. The action scenes, for example, uh, for yeah. Warner, only because it's not really fun to see a bunch of people who cannot die go against a bunch of people who can die. It's a bit one-sided, isn't it? It's very one-sided. Yeah. They can't die at all. Like they basically can get in the first scene, for example, they get ridden in, with bullets. Okay. And they just um. Spat out all the bullets and then lay waste to the everyone right, so okay. if there are no sticks involved, it's really not fun whatsoever. So what, why are people trying to kill them? Um, they're trying to find out their secret for immortality, um. which is uh, my second pet peeve with this film, which is the bad guy. The antagonist uh, is basically a pharmaceutical company. Okay. Obviously. And the, 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 the CEO of it is basically a Mark Zuckerberg kind of person. Oh, right. Zuckerberg, okay. Mark Zuckerberg. So... It was, uh, he was more annoying than evil Right. kind of uh, persona, which, uh, yeah. So these two things, um, I didn't really like of this film, so I found it just middling. Um, it's definitely right. laying its ground for a sequel, that's mm. for sure, um, especially since they have like a, a post-scene, post-film scene, so, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, w- I would say it's something to watch if you you know you want something new to watch, which isn't like all oh, reruns of um films you've seen. Good <laughs> more films. girls again. Um, yeah, exactly. If you
0: so. are watching uh, a Netflix film that's got post credits thing, do the credits kind of minimize like they normally do?
1: Or do they stay <laughs> full screen? No, no, no. It's not really a post credits thing. It's just okay. basically you know the film ends, but then they have another scene after that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Kind
0: of thing. Yeah. Um. Cool. I wasn't going to bother watching it. Um, based off that, I'm still not going to bother. Yeah. Uh, so That's bothered. fair. Uh, I watched a film um, which came out earlier this year, but I just caught it on DVD, which is The Personal History of David Copperfield, um, which is yet to come out in America. But It's it Dev Patel, today. right? Dev Patel, yes, plays David Copperfield. There's a kind of a color casting. So um, Dev Patel, obviously, uh, being of Indian descent, and uh, unlike David Copperfield, but the, the, it's colour-blind to the extent that even uh, a family member is not the same race uh, necessarily. Uh, so he's the yeah the, the lead. Uh, obviously, got a young younger version in the earlier days. Uh, you've got Tilda Swinton, Peter Capaldi, Hugh Laurie. Uh, it's it's a kind of all star British cast. Yeah, pretty much, I think they're all British. Yeah. Um, it's directed. I think it's directed by certainly written by. Um, well, I say certainly, I think it's written and directed by Armando Iannucci. Uh, you might know from well the thick of it, which I've um, uh, been watching. Netflix recently which also has Peter Capaldi uh, he also did Veep uh, in America um, it, uh, have you ever read David Copperfield I've not read David Copperfield no. I haven't either and I, didn't, I don't know the story very well I, I, or at all really I know, I know some of the characters so uh, Uriah Heep who always is very humble played by Ben Wishaw in this who's who's superb um, and Peter Capaldi plays Mr. Micawber, who, who I knew a little bit about but I don't know the overall story but it's a kind of a racks to riches to rags to riches kind of tale so he goes through, through the kind of um, ups and downs of, of uh and, and of, of poverty and, and kind of clutching onto high society and, and, and the roller coaster that ensues. Wow. Um so I don't know how funny the book is. I mean Dickens is I've I know that some people find Dickens very funny. I it's a long time since I uh read Hard Times at school which I didn't enjoy at all, but I know some people found funny. I've no, I haven't found it to be the funniest. So this is a very funny film. Uh sometimes quite slapsticky but um but not I don't love Slavic normally, but I thought they done it very well. I think it's quite um, uh, it's observational humour in some ways. It's quite big humour in some ways, but also um, when you've got someone like Hugh Laurie or Peter Capaldi doing it or Till Swinton, they're all superb, uh, and they kind of get away with doing quite big comic things without without going over the top. Yeah, uh, Dev Patel doesn't have yeah, I guess he has a subtler comedy uh, to do, and he and he's a fine actor as well. So I I really enjoyed this. Uh, I think possibly people might enjoy it more if they knew the book better because uh, you. I don't I don't know, but I I, I feel perhaps um, an understanding of the book would help. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's very imaginative take it seems, um, and uh, yeah, I think this is worth taking a look. It's, it's great, great cast, and uh, Hugh Laurie I think was nominated for maybe a BAFTA, or something. I don't know. He's not 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 a BAFTA, but he was nominated for something. Oh. Um, and I think yeah, Till Swinton and and it's very good, and Peter Capaldi uh, in particular. But there, there's no no bad members of the cast so yeah where worth a watch. did you watch it on DVD no. um, so I it so came out in this country uh, maybe February or thereabouts uh, it's due for release in America later this year but I think it's going to be pushed back again yeah Um, so it won't be coming to Netflix I think for a while but when it goes there uh, worth a look uh, so I'd say you should see it. Um, we move on then, Zijan, to our remakes uh, segment, the main segment of the day, where we are talking about films that have been remade. Mm. Um, I've made a list, and I've, I've tried to list the ones that I've seen both the original and the remake, although there are a few um, where that's not the case. But before we dive into individual cases, I think it's worth getting our definition of remake, um, and I think this is going to be tricky, because uh, I think a remake and a readaptation are two subtly different things. And so, for example, uh Emma this early this year. There yep. was a film of Emma. There was previously a film starring Gwyneth Paltrow of Emma. I would not call this a remake of that film. I would call it a readaptation of the book.
1: So basically, anything which is based off an existing.
0: Well, property. that was what I started with thinking. And then, but I thought, ah, oh, but if the if the play, sorry, if, if the film rather is better known, than the book. So, for example, if someone made Jaws, which again, I would say that as a remake rather than a re- adaptation, because no one's read the book Jaws, uh, and everyone knows the film. So, I think this is really quite difficult to decide. So, um, a little uh, bit,
1: yeah. So that cuts out half my film. I mean, feel feel free to talk about it. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I think I like that.
0: But there is someone that I've listed. So, I've got um, list here. So, Never Say Never Again. Um, is a James Bond film starring Sean Connery, but it's the only one or, or that wasn't uh, an official James Bond film. So they got Sean Connery out of retirement, effectively, or out of James Bond retirement, to come back to the role for a different studio. I have no idea how they got around the rights issue uh, of this. But it's a remake of Thunderball. Um, but is it a readaptation of Thunderball? I don't know. Um, I don't know if you're a Bond fan, but to me, I think this gets a lot of criticism, but I think it is better than Thunderball, which is quite boring. Um, I was never said never again. It's got some good moments. Um, and they kind of, they play on the, he's old and retired. So he's in the story, he's not supposed to be a 35, 40 year old guy. He's, he's supposed to be an older guy. The only thing that's weird about it is that on the cover of the DVD, he's got jet black hair and he's got gray hair in the film.
1: It's weird. So, look. Uh- Okay, so especially since you have the criteria of watching the original and the C... And I, the I, haven't, I haven't done
0: that for all of them, I'll estimate.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so. because a lot of them I'm pretty sure I've not seen the original.
0: Okay, maybe I have. So that's, that's, well, that's that's well.
1: no, I actually separated them to different categories as well. Oh yeah. Well, based on... You know what they made the remake from, etc. But, well, we can go through them. Do you want to dive in? Yeah, I can go in. The, the easiest one, and something we've spoken earlier in our new section, the thing that's getting remade a lot right now are the Disney films. Hmm, yes, yes. Because they've turned all their cartoons into live action films.
0: And this is a good example because I, I would agree that these are remakes, but that I think. Almost not exception, also re-adaptations. But, the, but they're really kind of... The, because they're based off the, the original Disney cartoon.
1: Exactly. And yeah. rather based off the the book that inspired the original mm. animation mm. in the first place. Take, for example, Beauty and the Beast. Because they have all the songs that were in the original um, yes, yeah, animation, yeah. for example. And,
0: and more. Do they, yeah. they have a new one, did not they?
1: Yeah, and a lot more. Yeah, um... Yeah, you and I both know that I'm not a big fan of all the live action Disney films. The mm. more I, the more I watch them, the more jaded I get with them. The more I'm, <laughs> I'm annoyed with them, and the more like, yeah. I don't want to watch any more of th- these live action films.
0: And I think generally they're getting not not exclusively, but I think generally they're getting worse. Um.
1: I think so too. They they start off pretty well with the Jungle Book, but I think that's also partially mm. because oh well, I'm. <laughs> you can you can tell me whether you like jungle book later on but i think mm. for me i enjoyed the jungle book but that's probably because i didn't have very fond memories of the animation to begin with yeah so watching it from um you know uh, as it is right now and seeing the animation and honestly the computer generated animation for those animals are superb yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like superb and i like that they changed the ending for the cartoon as well because honestly it was a bit bizarre to see mowgli seeing um a village and then falling in love with a girl and falling her into the village so yeah. I'm quite glad they kept the ending as it was in the book I believe but moving on from that it just was downhill really Beauty and the Beast wasn't great Aladdin wasn't great Lion King wasn't great and these were based of cut animations which was in the Disney Renaissance period and these were the ones which I grew up with as well so I,
0: I disagreed uh, some, not with all of that but with some um, I, so I didn't grow up in Disney as, as you know but um, Aladdin, I really enjoyed actually, um, so I didn't see it the the original at the time. I only saw it a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, but I I thought this it was a really fun film. It was massive. It was different enough to the the cartoon to make it worthwhile doing it, and I also like the fact it had humans in it, because <laughs> um, yeah, we we I think we share the opinion of the Lion King, just a, a pointless project. It looks great, but what, it's just another it's just another animation but mm-hmm. with different animating style. Uh, the Cinderella, which I guess I think predates Jungle Book, um, I thought was was pretty good. I enjoyed Cinderella too, and things. Like, I mean, I've not seen Maleficent, um, but that was that's supposed to be not bad, isn't it? And that's...
1: I think it's when they try to be different rather than mm. being a carbon copy of the original films that I do prefer them. Absolutely,
0: more. and I wonder why they because I mean Alice in Wonderland, I guess it was was technically the first of these, uh, even though it wasn't really even viewed as a as a remake and that's
1: it and it's so different to the
0: cartoon um, oh, you
1: can you can go all the way back oh, like 101 Dalmatians Yeah, of clothes, course yeah, yeah, of the, wheel. Yeah, yeah. the the first peter pan um i think um uh, not not hook so hook is completely different yeah <laughs> but there was a peter pan that came out in the 2000s middle 2000s or late 2000s i don't I've seen it yeah oh, there right. is a peter pan and okay. i actually i actually like this peter pan it was actually oh, really yeah. really good they have a very good Peter and a very good Wendy, which carried the film a lot. But yeah, all this predates all this um, Disney just churning out film after yeah. film after film, Cause, and cause, announcing
0: Because Beauty and the Beast just it was such a nothing film for me. I mean, I've not seen the original, but it just it just so uninspiring. Yeah, And I agree. don't know. But then you look at the box office. Beauty and the Beast did really well. Lion King did phenomenally well. Um, and think, well, I can see why they're doing it.
1: Yeah, they're not going to stop, are they? Mm.
0: Uh they're never gonna stop until well at some point they're gonna to have to finish doing all their all their films, aren't they?
1: No, well, you know, there is always like what's it called? Uh, Atlantis.
0: Yep, Atlantis. That's, when they've done Atlantis, we know that they've gone too far.
1: Brother Bear, Brother Bear.
0: I mean they've done Pete's Dragon. No one likes Pete's Dragon, do they?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've not seen Pete's Dragon. Uh I've not seen Pete's Dragon but Um. How about Zijan Cape Fear*? I think this is an interesting one. Uh, I'm gonna guess you've not seen either version of *Cape Fear*, but nope. uh, no. Uh, so let me explain it for you. So the first one um, stars Gregory Peck and I want to say Robert Mitchum, uh, and it's a story that Gregory Peck is this kind of uh, respectable guy, and and Robert Mitchum is kind of low life. Um, but Gregory Peck suspects Robert Mitchum of of, of, um, of something, and it kind of. Wants to get rid of him, and they get into a war of words, and then Robert, uh, um, uh, Gregory Peck character arranges Rob Mitchum to be beaten up, and then he starts uh, kind of targeting his family, and, and ends up on the, on this kind of houseboat with with um, with Rob Mitchum attacking him and his family, uh, and it's the the both really good actors. I mean, I'm a big fan of Gregory Peck, um, who I may accidentally just call Oscar Fringe I do that sometimes, uh, and I think it's it's very kind of well it's quite understated quite quite, quite subtle it's, it's not a black and white story i mean it's literally black and white but it's not a kind of black and white morality uh, story by any means because um yeah Gregory Peck's character who's supposed to be uh uh kind of really morally sound is doing some pretty dodgy stuff and, and Robert Mitchum's character is probably unfairly accused etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's it's a, a really good two-hander really good two actors go off against each other uh then Martin Scorsese remade it um, starring Robert De Niro in the Robert Mitchum, uh, role and I th- think Nick Nolte but I could be wrong uh, in, in the Gregory Peck role and made this kind of really lurid over the top um, uh, remake that loses so much of the subtlety for me and you still got these kind of ideas of you know, both characters are not quite as they're painted but it, it goes into this really kind of um, graphic type of stuff that, you, know, you have uh, crazy camera angles and mad sound design and you, it's more gory it's more, more violent it's there's massive storms and it, it's just way over the top and and such a for fun Scorsese, i think it's a great great director obviously mm. uh, i think this is one of his his misfires because he took a really good original film and just made it um way over the top uh, in the remake. so I would, I would say i think it's it's fascinating to watch them both um, so I think it's worth watching, just as, as anyone who's interested in, in, in films really. But, um, but as the quality of a film, Go with the original.
1: Okay. Um, so well, yeah. speaking of Scorsese remakes, um, the Departed was one mm. of them, and he made, and that was a really good one. Um, yes. Yeah. compared to <laughs> what what you said about Cape Fear, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Departed is based on um, Infernal Affairs, which is a film made in Hong Kong. Mm. Um, and I actually have a list of uh, films which um, Hollywood took uh, as remakes of foreign oh, films. Oh, well, that's really. Okay. Yeah. Because have you seen it for um, Yeah. I watched
0: it in preparation for this podcast. Season. I watched it in the last uh, week or two.
1: What, the original one?
0: The original, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. I'm impressed. And in fact, so, I rewatched The Departed to remind myself of that because uh, having, yeah. having seen Infernal Affairs, I wanted to watch The Departed.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how the translation works uh, for Infernal Affairs. So, the to- uh, Infernal Affairs, the Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio characters are played by Andy Lau and Tony Leung Chiu-Wai. And you'll see Tony Leung Chiu-Wai coming out soon as the Mandarin.
0: Oh, in, yes. I your recognise the name.
1: Okay. Yep. In um, Shang-Zin. Hmm. So, um, yes, I, I told you before that he's one of the most well-regarded actors in Hong Kong cinema, really. He, is the, he plays the cop who is um, the mole in the mafia, Yeah, yep. in a sense. So, yeah, for those who do not know, both the Departed Infernal Affairs are, are about two moles, really. One, a, co- a cop who is a mole in the mafia, and a mafia mole who is uh, who's a cop, really. Hmm. And then it's the race to see who will find out.
0: Although, what's it, so they're, not, they're not called the mafia in Hong Kong. What are they called Hong Kong? Try it. Try it, thank you. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's basically a race to see uh, who can find out who the Mo is. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, very intense film. Um, the Departed won many Oscars, including Best Picture mm. uh, in its time. And I do have to say that The Departed is a very, very good film. Mm. Um, and Martin
0: Scorsese's first and I believe so far only uh, Best Director Oscar.
1: Oscar mm. Wayne. Uh, well mm. deserved, though. I think The Departed is a great film. Uh, I do have a soft spot for the original, because That's the first one I saw. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of both Tony Leung and uh, Andy Lau. And um, yeah. Um, I think in the original film, there there were differences. Uh, as well, in terms mm. of the ending between the two films. If I'm not mistaken, spoiler alert. I think in the Infernal Affairs, only Tony Leung's character died. In the end.
0: Yeah, I think um. I thought they both did. I think I think I did read on the Wikipedia that there's two different endings to Infernal Affairs, uh, I mean, in, one of which he dies and one of which he doesn't actually. No, no I think about it.
1: Okay, I mean because there is an Infernal Affairs two and the, and three. Yeah. And the Andy Lau's character was in Infernal Affairs two, so I made the connection oh, right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't I, remember what
0: happened. That's no, fair enough. I only watched it within the last couple of weeks, and I'm struggling to remember because I watched The Departed straight after as well. Finished after us. Uh, yeah, I, I saw The Departed uh, first, I saw it when it came out, um, and I I prefer The Departed. Um, I think, it. I mean, partly because we've talked before, I don't love watching films with subtitles, and obviously I don't understand, is it Cantonese? Yep. Yeah, uh, I don't understand Cantonese. Um, so... I I have to watch the subtitles and that's not my favorite way of watching a film i I thought it was very good Uh, i thought it was much i mean actually it is much shorter and therefore much tighter so the whole infernal affairs is an hour and 40 minutes or something like that maybe um it's it's very tight whereas departed runs um well uh, well, over two hours i can't remember exactly what it's probably 220 or something um i think jack nicholson is phenomenal in departed Uh, i think I, I'm amazed he wasn't nominated for that because Mark Wahlberg was nominated for an Oscar for it, and I think I he was good as well. But, um, but for me, that that we'll talk about a, bit more, a bit more about Jack Nicholson later. But for, for me, that stands with any Jack Nicholson performances as one of his great performances. Um, the I was surprised just how similar it was actually. It was, um, yeah. Because <laughs> even things like whole setups, whole yeah, kind of going to the top of a building and throwing a guy off the top and stuff. It all all very all very similar even the ways in which people are discovered um because they've misspelled something on an envelope and all this
1: um, i mean if it works right why change it well
0: indeed um so i'm not sure where all the extra time came from those to move a bit slower uh, i was also worried a little because I, I don't know hong kong cinema at all and and the two uh lead characters when because you see them when they're young in cadet school and then you and you kind of fast forward what Was it 10 years or something and they they both look so similar in Cadet School. I was like, I'm never going to work out what's going on here. Because like, I mean, I bit like Leo DiCaprio and, and Matt Damon look very similar. I guess that's probably a deliberate part of the um, the story, is to say these are two very similar characters growing up. But then, happily, one of them grew a beard. So like, right, I've got this now. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is good. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Sc- Scott says he has done two remakes, and I think, I think, I did a really good job with this one, and, and really didn't do a good job with with the other one. Um, mm-hmm in my view. Um, we should talk about Ocean's Eleven. That's a, that's a remake. Um, so the, the original Ocean's Eleven is a, is a Rat Pack film, so Frank Sinatra, and Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, and uh, Peter Lawford, and, and, and others. Um, and it is not good. It's not a good film. Um, you know how uh, heists and, and things are, oh, have this kind of reputation, well, not just reputation, they, they are kind of like Clever heists within heists and clever tricks, and you pull the carpet out from underneath the. Yeah. Yes. There's none of that in the original. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just uh, a bunch of fifty-year-old guys in shiny suits, <laughs> wondering if they not taking money out of casino. Um, it's got like kind of Rat Pack cool. If you if you find the Rat Pack cool, which I don't really, um, but for for the time, I guess it was in the sixties. Um, I guess that's what passed for. Uh, for clever cinema, that's that's harsh, but it, it's not a good film. Whereas the the Steve Soderbergh um, remake kind of throws out most of the plot, other than it's a bunch of guys combined together to, to rob. Eleven scenes. guys, yeah, be exactly. 11, eleven guys indeed. Uh, and there's a guy called Danny Ocean. Uh, I think genuinely is very cool. It's it's one of the coolest films out. There. I think George Clooney and Brad Pitt and just effortlessly slick, and uh, it's got that whole cool vibe going on. Um, it's got a, it's got a good, uh, got a very very good cast of, uh, of some of the biggest names in Hollywood: Julia Roberts, Elliot Gould, Carla Reiner, uh, Casey Affleck, Jason Statham. Maybe I may have made that up.
1: Would you say that Ocean's Eight is a remake of Ocean's Eleven? I would not. Why not? Is there any Ocean sister? It's a
0: sequel. It's in the same, <laughs> it's in the same universe. It doesn't Fair have enough. the same plot. <laughs>
1: it's, uh, I did. It's got, got basis. I did enjoyed the new Ocean's
0: Eleven, so I'll yeah, do. and that's one of I think it's one of these remakes that they haven't watched the film, and thought, "What a cool film! I'd like to do it again." <laughs> They've watched the film and thought, "What a cool idea! I'd like to do that again," which I think is is probably a better reason to make a remake, because hmm. I don't. I could be wrong, but I don't. I wasn't into films before this at this point, really. But no one was talking about Ocean's Eleven, were they? It wasn't like, "Oh, what a great film!" Um, no. So when they did the, re- it's one of the ones when they made it, people probably knew it was a remake but it wasn't. I'm thinking, oh yeah, that's, that's really good. And I think, I mean this is where, I mean we've talked about the Disney ones, but a, a lot of times you remake a film because people love that film uh, and that's a dangerous thing to do because people love the film. Whereas if you're remaking it because it's a cool idea, it's maybe the better way forward. Yeah.
1: Um, speaking of remaking films that people loved, um, The Karate Kid Oh, yes. was well, a remake with uh, Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan, and probably, arguably, Jaden Smith's best role, maybe?
0: Um, uh, I'm trying to think of any... I, I liked him in The Pursuit of Happiness, so I, I happiness,
1: yeah, When The Pursuit yeah.
0: Uh, I have not seen After Earth. Which was supposed to be horrible. But no. anyway,
1: um, The Karate Kid um, is much loved. The original film with uh, Mr. Miyagi. Uh, Wash-on, wash-off is still a very common phrase.
0: Wax on, wax off.
1: Uh, wax on, wax off. It's still a very common <laughs> phrase. Yep. Uh, right now, I mean, people still know of know yeah. it, which goes to show how much, um, you know, how likable uh, the, the original iconic, film yeah, is. Yeah. How iconic it is, yeah. How charming it is. Um, the new film was okay. Um, it, it, it followed the similar, you know, story of, um, you know, a, a kid um, being sent um, to learn. Uh, mm. I can't remember much of it um, from the new film, but you—he still has the same thing. He makes so him do—he forces him to do chores. Okay. Is he being and bullied he, and stuff? Um, oh. I can't remember now. <laughs> okay. oh, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I should have done. I should have watched it again. But yeah, I—the thing is, I know that when I watched it, I preferred the original. Mm. Back then, because the original had a certain kind of charm. Like back in the eighties, you had the karate kid there was the three ninjas <laughs> well, I remember watching them when I was younger you see these kids uh, learning how to um, yeah learning he was bullied in school mm. learning, growing up learning karate yeah it's just yeah a film that I grew up watching and the new film just didn't do it for me
0: so, yeah I, I've not seen it but it wasn't particularly well received, was it um, no it
1: wasn't
0: but I, and also it's not karate is it doesn't he learn jujitsu or something yeah, that's how much I... got <laughs> like I say, I'm, I'm not an expert in martial arts, but I do understand that. Um, I'll, I'll mention briefly then, um, since I'm talking about titles that don't work, the Italian job, um, which I'm calling a remake. I think they claimed it wasn't a remake. It was an homage or something. Um, but the job isn't even in Italy in, in the remake. <laughs> so a, basically, I think all they did was, the only thing they crossed over was minis. But uh, it was it's not actually that bad, the remake. And the original isn't as good as people remember, I think. There's, there's whole long segments of cars just driving around kind of slowly. There's one bit where they all drive over a roof of a building for some reason, which is quite cool, but it's not anything to do with anything, really. Like They they find this one building and it's got a sloped roof and just drive around the roof for a while and then drive off again. Anyway, uh, some people hate the remake and I can see why they might, but I think it's quite fun. Uh, But let me talk instead about uh, About Last Night, which, uh, just because I love the original film and I think a lot of people haven't seen it, um so it's based on a, a play called Sexual First in Chicago by David Mamet. Uh it stars Rob Lowe and Demi Moore who I always insist are the best-looking couple in movie history. Um and it's it's a very charming tale of a couple that falls in love and then falls out of love and then um I won't spoil what happens but um it was remade with um oh uh, with Kevin Hart yeah. Um and various other people that I can't remember the names of. Um and basically an all black um uh, cast or all black leads. Which I think was uh again a fascinating pr- um project and a kind of a fascinating uh, look at what the kind of the twenty I don't know, twenty fifteen or whatever it was, equivalent of uh, about last night is. Uh, I don't think it's anywhere near as good. I don't think it, it lands in the same way, but I think it's uh, it's for a different audience maybe. But it it's just interesting to see how do you do a really edgy, um risque comedy uh twenty years or thirty years or whatever it is, um later. So I think that I would recommend people watch the original if you don't mind quite a lot of nudity in your films. Um, okay. You probably avoid the 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 remake, but um I thought it was fun.
1: Cool. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, Disney films which are not, you know, remakes of animated oh yeah. films, but these are definitely remakes if I'm not mistaken. The Parent Trap and Freaky Friday. Oh yes. Uh I've not seen the originals, um, um at all whatsoever. But both of them stars Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> the original yes, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the new ones, both of them star Lindsay Lohan. The first one, Parent Trap, is about two twins. One living with a father. Two twins. Well, a pair of twins. What a- Yes, one living with a father and one living with a mother. I'm not sure how this works, and then they like, suddenly that's, that's
0: met r- rare, I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: they suddenly met up in camp, and they have no idea that the other existed, <laughs> and then <laughs> they strive to make both mom and dad fall in love again, so that they can be together. Mm, so they swap so lives as well. They swap lives as well. A tale
0: as me. old as time. The whole, this whole swapping lives thing, I guess, like things like the prince and the pauper, is is a very old story, isn't it? But the they're, they're getting the parents to fall in love.
1: Yep, again, one was uh, very British and, well, uh, Lindsay Lohan putting on a British accent okay. uh, as well as a British accent as one could put on when you were 11 years old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, one was the very American accent just to make it, you know, more distinct really.
0: And um, so so when they swapped lives, did they have to swap accents as well?
1: They had to swap accents as well, yep.
0: Oh, with hilarious consequences, no doubt. Of,
1: of course, yeah. I, I feel like
0: I did see this many, many years ago, but I don't remember yeah. much about it. And
1: obviously, the British uh, British one had a butler. Cause, <laughs> like we all do, yep. Like, yep. like cause why not? <laughs> that's what all British people have, butlers. Oh, well,
0: yeah, no, it's true. For our international audience, uh, all British people have butlers. That's right, unless they are butlers. <laughs> Every British person is a butler or has a butler.
1: I watched a lot of this when I grew up as well, a parent-traveler. Okay. Um, um, so, so
0: you watched this growing up in Malaysia? Yeah, I did. And you thought, tell you what, I want to move to Britain and get a butler. Was that? Was that, uh, that right?
1: No, not really. No? Like okay. back then, I couldn't. Like I wasn't really aware that they were in two different, two, doing two different accents, or like one was right, a different yeah, country okay. altogether. Basically. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was too young to, too young to notice that or identify that. So there you go.
0: It was Hayley Mills in the original, I believe, but I've not, I've not seen it. I've seen the Fre- Freaky Friday remake um, with uh, what's her name. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, as the mother, because we read the book in school, Freaky um, Friday book, which is it's weird actually, because um, the the whole point, of, well, not the whole point, but a large point of the book is that she doesn't know who swapped lines with her, and I think she rules out her mother because she knows that she's become her mother, but she's like, who's who's become me? Who's what's going on there? Mm. Um, and it's kind of try, a lot of it's her trying to find out, and and then at the end, it's like, yeah, I'm your mum. But the film, I think, neither film have, have maintained that plot, that subplot. Hmm. Uh, What have we got here? Uh, You're you're a fan of musicals. I don't know if you've ever seen High Society, um, which is a musical... uh, I think it was Grace Kelly's last ever film. Um, But it's a musical remake of The Philadelphia Story, um, which is uh, a wonderful film starring uh, Cary Grant, Jimmy Stewart, uh, Catherine Hepburn, a fantastic cast. Uh, Jimmy Stewart's only Oscar was for The Philadelphia Story. who plays um, uh, a news reporter. Uh, And... I don't think we have enough musical remakes of, of films I think there should be more um, just do the film again but chuck some songs in
1: well West Side Story is coming up that's
0: true that's true although yes I, I'd say that's definitely a musical adaptation rather than a musical remake but that's <laughs> semantics uh, but these are both great fun, uh, great fun these films um, and both well worth seeking out
1: one film that's definitely a musical adep- uh, remake rather than an adaptation yes. is A Star Is Born
0: of course, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. How many, because there's been four, I think?
1: Yeah, a few remakes already. So, obviously the most recent one is Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Yep. Um, that's the one with Barbara Streisand. Yep. And I can't remember what the two no, I ones, really so. um, <laughs> Yeah. I feel like, it sounded,
0: it's kind of thing Liza Minnelli might have done at some point, I, I feel. Yeah. That might not be true, but it feels like she might have done.
1: Yeah. So, you know, uh, it was a very, very big film. It was a very good film as well. It came out think last year last
0: year seemed like such a long time ago was it only last
1: year it has to be last year right surely
0: i feel like it might have been 2018 but um it
1: could be 2018 yeah um yeah so basically uh musical music guy finds an ingenue Ingenue becomes very famous and music skies uh career goes
0: downwards because uh, i think originally it was uh movies rather than music wasn't it and uh, i'm not sure about the bar Streisand because i think they, want, they changed it in one of the versions and just kept that change mm. this is a rare instance i think of because i didn't love this film i i, I liked this i like the songs but i didn't love the film uh, and, and spoilers for this we've talked we did a whole podcast on it, if i remember rightly friday um, cooper's character kills himself at the end oh. and i just really didn't feel that made any sense in the, in the in me the neither. Film. Me uh, neither. no and i feel like it's because they're remaking a film or well, three films where that happens you've got to do that uh it didn't feel earned in this in this version to me but i've not seen the other versions mm. uh, what what time are we looking at so, well, we're still uh, running out of time we're running about a bit um i will just mention true grit um which is uh, originally a John Wayne film playing Rooster Cockburn uh, and his only Oscar as well actually uh, and was remade by the Coen Brothers uh, starring Jeff Bridges and a young Hayley Steinfeld who was Oscar nominated. Uh, I think it's interesting because the Coen Brothers are not known for their remakes, they they do very original material. Uh, I think at this point it was their only remake, although they're remaking Scarface, which in itself was a remake, um, so the are dub- double remaking uh, Scarface but uh, the uh, I think this, the, the remake of True Grit is a lot subtler um, than the original. And interestingly, they changed which eye the eye patch was over because they thought it looked better on the other eye. Okay. <laughs> so if you watch both those, you can compare eyes. Uh, I think the first, the, the original is good. The original is good, but I think the Coen brothers bring a whole new level to it.
1: Um <laughs> I think horror films are very popular for remakes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very popular. I mean, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, they've all been remade recently yeah. in the past 10 years. Amityville Horror was
0: remade. Yeah,
1: yeah, very, very popular for remakes. I mean, like, um, and they're mostly originals as well anyway because horror films are... Uh, I, I put in a lot of Stephen King films as well which have been remade but you could argue they're re-adaptations but yeah. the, you know some of these films are more popular than the books like Carrie and It I'm pretty sure are definitely more popular than the books that they saw. So. Y-
0: yeah I think that's probably fair and even The Shining because that was remade wasn't it? Um, although it's a very yeah. popular book as
1: well. Yeah exactly. So yeah horror films are very big. Uh, we don't really discuss much horror uh, on nope. this podcast but you know I just had to mention them because they are big when it comes to remaking bit.
0: yeah uh, before we finish this segment, uh, two things. Uh, firstly, um, The Man Who Knew Too Much. I've not seen the original, but I think this is fascinating because it, uh, um, both the original and the remake were directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, I think he did it early in his career and thought, you know what, I can do better than this. I made it again. Um, and the, re- the remake is very good. It's one of my favourite Hitchcocks. Um, and we can't leave this segment, Zijan, without a brief mention of The Mummy. Um, tell you what, sometimes remakes really get it right, don't they? You know, They take the best parts of the original, add some more sparkle and you get a true uh, a true wonder for all the family
1: if you want to know my thoughts on the mummy listen <laughs> to our podcast about the mummy or the podcast about tom cruise films or the podcast
0: about yeah or any of the podcasts in between where you just found any old tangent in order to criticize the mummy <laughs> yes <laughs> no the Mummy's rubbish um i think we both agreed on that and the original is charming so um uh,
1: it is uh
0: let's move on oh i've Yep. No. Let's move on. Sorry, I've got a longer list, but uh, we can move on to look back in Oscar, where we're looking back at One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Zijan, tell us about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest.
1: So this was directed by Miloš Forman. It stars Jack Nicholson and Louise Fletcher, as probably for for those who don't know, uh, Randall McMurphy and Nurse Ratched, respectively. So I've not seen this film before, but Mm -hmm. even I know about. (laughs) <laughs> Mac um, Murphy and Nurse Ratched um, and uh, their Battle of Wales really it's quite mm. uh, well known so this was the second film to win five major Oscars um, after it happened one night it won best picture, best actor, best actress best director and best screenplay and just a quick synopsis uh, I think this was in 1975 as well by the way okay, oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, it tells the story of uh, Mac Murphy, plays by Jack N- played by Jack Nicholson who is a new patient at a mental institu- institution who is not actually mentally ill but a criminal trying to avoid a sentence on a prison farm. Mm. Uh, Louis Fletcher plays uh, Nurse Ratchet, who is the um, passive-aggressive nurse who runs the ward that he is in. And uh, it's basically a battle of wills, really. So it's Jack Nicholson's character wanting to, you know, he he will try to break the rules. He will try to encourage the other patients to break the rules. Um, he's altogether very unruly in general. There was one part where he just stole a bus and then took all the all his friends, um, all the other patients out to go fishing, and obviously this does not go well with Nurse Ratchet.
0: Mm-hmm. Um It's the it's the second time I seen I saw a movie about ten years ago, um, where I felt it. It was quite slow but I, I, this time i didn't feel that at all i felt this is um it's really uh really strong film i think Nicholson's performance is i mean he, he as to say he won the oscar he's won a few oscars but uh, it's it's definitely up there as one of his great performances um there's a there's a number of cast here who went on to uh to to have great careers so danny devito mm-hmm. uh, i think it might be his first film um christopher lloyd uh, he went on to back to the future uh, fame obviously among other things uh, and what I didn't realise until seeing it this time is the character uh, Billy who's this kind of uh, young young kid uh, who's there voluntarily and he's, he's got a stutter and he, and, he, and he can't talk to girls and stuff um, he I thought he was absolutely fantastic actually I think really really good performance he then played played Wormtongue in Lord of the Rings oh
1: you know, really many wow. years
0: later which I thought was cool um, huh. cause I looked him up I, I thought he was so good I wanted to see what else he was did and, and there wasn't anything else I recognised really um I remember, but apart from that. Yeah. How oh, do you I, th- I, I find it?
1: Oh, I, I enjoyed the film. Um, I especially love the ending for this film as well. When, hmm. uh, yeah, spoiler alert, um, Chief, um, he he broke out and escaped in the end. So I, I, I didn't expect that but, when I first watched it, but I thought, right. it very, I thought it was a very suitable ending. I... <laughs> this may be a bit controversial, but I didn't think Nurse Ratchet was out of hand. Really, most of the time at the beginning, or in the middle, I think in the end, obviously she was just way too much. But you know,
0: I I have exactly the same thing I was going to say because um before I'd seen this the first time, I, I I'd already heard of as, as you say of Nurse Ratchet has been this kind of sadistic yeah I know cruel nurse, and it's then like, i was watching the film and yeah almost entirely I'm on her side because. He's a guy who's lied his way into this place, smuggles in prostitutes and, and alcohol, smuggles people out, steals a fishing boat. I'm on her side. I mean, yeah. he is causing absolute havoc and, and doesn't... I mean, On the one hand, I think there is this kind of story that he's giving more excitement into their lives, he's giving more direction, more of their own kind of power. On the other hand, he he's so careless. Um, he really is. And he he really is. Have only understanding of of uh, of what they really of what could go wrong. So there are a few times where he kind of accidentally sets off like manic reactions, and you think he'd learn from that. Um, and you're you're right; she, she's not by any means um, a piano. She, she she is cold-hearted a lot of the time, Although not not all the time. Um, she is passive-aggressive. She does try and control him, but you, I think well, the film shows. I don't know about the book, I've not read it, but it shows that she's she definitely feels that what she's doing is what's
1: best for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she is, she's not portrayed as the tyrant I thought she would be when I came mm. in watching this film, that, that's for sure. Like, there's so. You just hear. I, I've seen musicals, you know, talking about referencing uh, Nurse Ratchet and mm. uh, McMurphy. I've seen other. Sources of media talking about this, and you you know, it has the impression in my mind that she is like the yeah. worst thing that could happen, like not as the yeah. worst villain ever, but she really isn't. I don't think she is at all.
0: Nowhere in the film does she doing anything to, deliberately to antagonize or upset people I mean, she does. She ends up. I mean, spoilers as like you say, but um, Billy kills himself after she uh, threatens to tell his mother about what what he's been doing, which she's sleeping with a prostitute. And, and that's when um, the very famous scene where Randall and Murphy uh, attempts at her to kill her and he strangles her. Yeah. But she seems just as angry with him for ruining Billy's life as he is with her for, and, and I think they both blame each other, both with some justification. I think they, 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 it's not like um, what Randall and Murphy is doing is kind of entirely liberating everyone. What she's doing is shackling them down. Although there are aspects of that, I think yeah. Yeah, she's doing what she feels will help them um, the best. There's going to be a prequel TV series starring Sarah Paulson called Ratchet, um, oh. apparently. Well, I think they will probably not be so subtle.
1: Um, probably not, no. But I do like I do like Sarah Paulson, though. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's done some good stuff. Um, I I read a little bit on Wikipedia about this. So what I I'd forgotten because I've not read the book as I say, but I have read about it before. Uh, is that the book is written from the chief's, uh, who who is a very like huge, tall um, Native American character uh it's written from his perspective which i thought was fascinating mm. um i did even the first time i saw it, i knew who was going to throw that thing through the window and run out because there was a simpsons parody of it that i'd seen before <laughs> okay um, a few films have been sport for me by the simpsons parody um uh version apparently ken casey who wrote the book did not like the film at all or, or at least i think he didn't didn't actually see it but what he knew about it he didn't like Okay. Um, cool. Which I think is interesting because uh, Jack Nicholson also obviously won over The Shining, which um, Stephen King didn't like. So he had a habit of appearing in uh, acclaimed films that the authors did winning, like. well. winning Oscars for them. And winning Oscars for them. But yeah, I, I think this is, this film's got a lot to say about the way that um, mental institutions were run at that point. I guess I think the book was written at in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because they do ECT, electronic whatever it is
1: yeah that part was hard to watch I yes seen. yeah
0: yeah and in fact sorry we're spoiling this film but if Jack Nicholson's character becomes well, lobotomized and so yeah. basically can't can't communicate can't do anything and, and because it's such a, a vivid powerful performance you really feel the impact of that
1: um, I'm so glad things have changed a lot since then for yeah that, in terms of mental health really
0: and you feel, and I don't know for sure, but I feel like this book and film may have played its part in that because it brought um, information to the masses about how these things were being run. Um, I, that, that's conjecture on my part, but I feel like a, um, it, it's got into the public conscience in the way that, uh, that newspaper articles or things would not have done. Mm. So yeah, I'd say, uh, I don't know what it was up against, but I'd say that's uh, probably a well-worthy winner and definitely worth a watch in my yeah, view. Yeah, I
1: think people should watch it anyway. Good. there you go
0: i have no idea what i do know why it's called one of the Cuckoo's Nest because in the book it was a line in a poem that the chief's mother used to sing to him Or um if you if you watch the film you've got no idea why it's called that
1: no i Goog- I googled that as well yeah i googled why is it called one floor the cuckoo's nest and they say like oh it's just the one escaping and they used to call mental patients cuckoos back then so
0: oh did somewhere. they oh i missed yeah. that okay so, that's um, why I and i also thought I'd forgotten how obvious it was that he was faking it because I think my my memory from the first one is that it had kind of been left fairly ambiguous, but I think it was fairly clear, isn't it, that uh, yep. he had no problems at all. Um, right, next time we're doing Active Factor. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, Eugene, because I was so keen to uh, pick an actor that we'd not done before, I picked one that I'm fairly confident you'll have seen hardly any films of. But who knows? Yay. You might surprise me. Um, Make it easy for me. It's Chris Messina, um, who you might not know. But, uh, I know Chris Messina. i not uh birds of prey right he was in birds of prey yes um, also in the mindy project on tv uh, i think he's great and he's done supporting roles and lots of stuff so you might have seen more than i'm i may be misjudging you Jason. if not you've got two weeks to catch up on christmasina you know? or not or not um, we move on then to the, the quiz the final segment of the day where we're talking about Star Trek films and There's
1: so many films Colin so many
0: films um, I am not oh. a Trekkie by any means I don't believe you are either Zijan. no so this will be one of our classics where our listeners may be shouting at us uh, throughout I am one up for the year for the first time um, uh, but let's see how it goes this time Zijan, question one for you which Star Trek film did Tom Hardy appear in
1: oh man i think this is one of the, the new generation ones okay so i'm going to go with star trek it's a good start nemesis
0: yes it is wow
1: yes thank god uh, question one for me which of the star trek films tied with the 2009 Star Trek for the most Academy Award nominations.
0: Ooh, I don't know, but I'm going to say The Wrath of Khan.
1: Nope, it's Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Is it? Wrath of Khan got zero.
0: Oh, wow. I thought everyone hated Star Trek IV. Okay. I say everyone. It might just be Dave. Um, question two for you. Who directed Star Trek V, The Final Frontier?
1: Um, That is... Mr. Shatner.
0: It is, as he's known to his friends. William Shatner, to give him his full name.
1: <laughs> uh, question two uh, from you What is the name of the training exercise depicted oh. in both Star Trek 2 The Wrath of Khan and the 2009 Star Trek designed to test the cadets in a no win scenario? Uh,
0: it's a vaguely Japanese sounding name.
1: Yep. Yeah, let's see. How I going to try doing this? Oh.
0: Uh, I was referenced in, um, in suits a while ago. Yep. Um, it's, it's a like, very
1: popular term.
0: Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember. Oh, 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 it's got an Argi in it somewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's Shiragi or something. It's no, nah, not. Not close at
1: all. Uh, no. Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi Maru.
0: Good question. Uh question three, who played John Harrison in Star Trek into Darkness?
1: John, who's this? Star Trek into Darkness. That's the second film, right? I'm gonna guess this is uh Benedict Cumberbatch.
0: It is Benedict Cumberbatch for some reason. (laughs) For some reason everyone was like, He's playing Khan, isn't he? They're like, No, 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 he's playing uh he's playing John Harrison, who then turned out to be Khan. Well, this, okay. this is becoming a white
1: <laughs> Question three. Which three characters from the original series, um, the original series films, appeared in the first film in Star Trek The Next Generation? Star Trek Generations, basically.
0: Well, i got an idea. So let's say uh, Spock, Kirk and Bones.
1: <laughs> you got Kirk, correct? Yes. Yeah, the others are Scotty and Chekhov.
0: Cool. Uh I didn't do as much research on this as I maybe should. Uh, which character famously died in Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan?
1: That's Spock. It is Spock. Question four, Colin. <laughs> Just try to get more on the part. Po- trying the to get one. a one. Go on. Yeah, there is an odd number movie curse associated with Star Trek, whereby the odd number films tend to be significantly weaker than the even number films. Mm-hmm. Which even number film bucked this trend by being very poorly received?
0: All right. So the even ones. Well.
1: The despite, even ones are the best. Uh, the, yeah, definitely the, the better films. I mean,
0: like, despite your Oscar talk, I'm going to say the people hated Star Trek Four.
1: <laughs> Not as much as they hated Star Trek Nemesis. That's number ten. Okay. That's like no worse, most. So. <laughs>
0: right. Um. I did. I did hear something saying that if you count Galaxy Quest as a Star Trek film, it gets it back into, because uh, <laughs> uh, people then loved um, the, the Star Trek yep. reboot. Yes. Uh, okay, Zuzan, let's see if you can get a five out of five. Um, much of Star Trek Four, the Voyager, room, takes place in which US city?
1: Yeah, I definitely don't know this. I'm going to go with Chicago. San Francisco. Ah. And my last question for you, Colin. Question yep. 5. Uh, which character was played by Cynthia Blaze in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and Winona Ryder in the 2009 film?
0: Uh, Spock's mom.
1: Yeah, it is Spock's mum.
0: Oh, at least I got one of them right. Uh, well, we're back level for the year. What are we quizzing on next time, D-Yan? Uh
1: Something which has much less than 11 films. Okay. The Pitch Perfect. Oh, okay. love it. Trilogy. Love it.
0: Uh, and what's our main topic for next time?
1: we are going to look at all the pixar films after cars i believe
0: pixar film i'm writing it down so i don't remember I forget pixar films after cars i look forward to it and we'll see you then
1: bye